Welcome to the SMB Community Podcast with hosts Amy Babinchek, James Kernan, and Carl Palachek. Produced by Kernan Consulting and for the international MSB community, we are dedicated to making every IT professional a successful IT professional. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the SMB Community Podcast. This is James Kernan, and I will be your host for today's show. I wanted to dig right into things because today it's going to be me. I'm the special guest, and I'm interviewing myself. Imagine that. Hey, uh, actually, the MSP question of the week was a good one. And then there was a couple other topics that kind of popped up in the uh, MSP news, and I wanted to bring those to the forefront as well. The first one was the MSP question of the week, and it was a good one. The question came in and it said, hey, can you pay your remote employees less money compared to employees that are coming back and forth into the office? And we hinted at this a couple of weeks ago on what some of the big tech companies are doing policy-wise, but it was interesting as more and more businesses are coming back to work, Okay, especially the the bigger tech firms. Uh, Some of the the firms made the national news because their policy was they're now it's not 100 percent remote. It's at least three days in the office and, and two days remote. And they were realizing that some employees were moving or that they had moved. Excuse me. Like during COVID, when it was all cool, uh, people uh, decided to move. A lot of people moved out further in the suburbs and and several people moved into completely different states than their current employer. And uh, it was a pretty firm stance that I remember reading, but uh, there were several companies that just said, look, if you're unable to come to the office, you're, you're terminated, you know, no exception. So there's, there's that for existing employees. Okay. And And then I think another part two of that question, part one is really, what do you do with existing employees? And part two, what's the policy for new employees that you're recruiting? You know, is this something that you're going to offer less money to? So uh, the first one is I would just encourage you to be flexible. You know, Uh, any of you that have heard me talk about uh, leadership and, and fairness in, in the workplace, uh, a tough question was, you know, do you show any kind of bias to employees that perform better? And the reality is, yes, I do. <laughs> you know, um, most people would answer the question, no, it's got to be the same for everybody across the board. I always believed if uh, if you've got superstars in your team, you know, you keep a public policy the same for everybody but you could bend the rules and I would bend the rules a little bit and be a little bit more flexible for superstars if they're overperforming. Okay. I hope that makes sense. So existing employees, if you've got them working remote and they're superstars and they're doing great, I wouldn't rock the boat. It's, it's still really hard to find great employees today, even though things have gotten better than maybe where they were a year, two years ago. So um, uh, I would, I would keep their compensation there. Uh, and I wouldn't lower it if they're not able to come into the office, okay? Um, and then uh, and then really moving forward, 
it, it's really hard. I do see more and more of my clients actually doing a good job of recruiting. They're finding there's more candidates that are coming in on job ads. So, uh, but you've got to be competitive. And if you're not competitive compensation wise, then uh, uh, people are, are ultimately going to go somewhere else. So if you can be competitive and offer a little bit less money to people that are going to be 100% remote, and that still works for you, then cool, go ahead and, and do that. I just find it hard to, uh, again, it's so competitive out there. If if you lower the compensation for remote only employees, you know, you may not get them. So uh, I would just kind of go with your gut instinct, you know, uh, try to be as competitive as you can afford based on the need that you have. Uh, historically, it used to be a lot harder to find those level three, level four engineers, meaning like the really advanced ones. Seems like it's easier to find those people now, and it's harder to find the level ones, people that want to, that, you know, kind of want to come in and work that dispatch position or first call. Those positions are getting harder and harder. So, uh, Anyway, there's some different ideas on how to develop and recruit uh, for those folks. But anyway, long answer on the MSP question of the week, you know, can you pay remote employees less money compared to employees coming into the office? I just think you need to be very uh, subjective about that. And if and if if you can, great. Uh, but I haven't been able to see most people that I work with around the country and even up in Canada uh, can't do that. You know, they're they're going to, you know, they, they need to, you know, be competitive. So that's essentially it. A um, couple other things in the news I wanted to bring up. There was a, an article in msptechnews.com. I'll drop this in the show notes. But I, I read through that. It was kind of interesting. It's like, what's your stance on late payers? Okay. Uh, I know Carl and I have talked about that as well in the past, but what is your stance on late payers? Do you have a do you have a written policy in place? Maybe as part of your statement of work or or your um, uh, credit agreement with your current customers. Uh, what what is your policy on late payment? Now, first and foremost, I would just tell everybody: try not to even go there because you should be automating all your subscription services anyway and collecting that money upfront. So if you automate it and collect the money up front on the first day for the month that you're providing your services, problem solved. You know That's how you should be doing your services anyway. If it's a project, and let's just say it's a 30-hour project, uh, and you, know, you think it's gonna take you, you know, a couple of weeks to get it complete with one of your engineers, I'd maybe bill 50% upfront, collect 50% upfront, or maybe even offer a discount if you could do a prepaid block of time as your project and make a good faith estimate uh, that it'll take 30 hours for me to complete all these tasks and I'll discount it slightly if you prepay for the block of time or the project time. I like um, you know billing in advance for the services that you perform. And then also on, on hardware purchases, you know it's, it's a very capital intensive business as you all know, if you can, Try to collect 100% of that money up front. And a lot of people just don't have the cash flow or the finances to be able to turn right around and float that money anyway. So you don't have a choice. But most MSPs collect 100% of the money on product purchases up front. They use that money to buy the product. And then they, um, in turn, would, would ship out when they get the product uh, available. 
So that's my stance on late payers. On anybody that you have invoiced and they haven't paid on time, I would have a set policy, maybe five days past due, be very firm and just, uh, I, I take this personally. If people don't pay for services, look, I would set expectations in the very beginning, like at the time of sale and at the time of, of you onboarding them. I say, hey, look, you're not going to find any one company that's going to work as hard as myself and my staff. We're super resourceful. We're going to, when you ask us to jump, we're going to jump. But I, I will say there's one thing that uh, you don't want me worrying about. You want me helping you executing and, and getting the results that you want. You don't want me worrying about if I'm going to get my invoices paid. So let's automate that up front. And if there is anything that's unpaid, if it rolls five days past due, we'll stop services. And, and you have the keys to the kingdom because in many cases, you all are controlling their email and their productivity of their teams. So uh, just don't let customers uh, pay late uh, or not pay. You know, that's my stance on late payers. And pretty much uh, my belief coincides with the msptechnews.com article. Again, I'll drop that in the notes. But document and have a written policy. Communicate that policy upfront to your new customers and your existing customers. And try to automate everything that you can payment-wise or have a credit card on file where you automatically run the card if anything hits the, the past due mark uh, and watch that. I've seen so many businesses get hurt, especially in, in today's economic climate. You know, it's a little bit turbulent. You know, business might start having cash flow challenges and then go out of business and then you get stiffed. And many of you can't afford to take a 50K or 100K hit like that and, and not get paid. Granted, you could write it off on your taxes as an uncollected debt, you know, bad debt expense, lower your taxable income. But but uh, again, most MSPs can't can't handle something like that. So uh, avoid it in its entirety. Okay. Um, there was another good article up on MSPTechNews.com that was around, you know, how do you find entry level techs? And I and I during the MSP question of the week, I kind of hinted at that. Uh, it actually had some good tips in there, so I'm going to drop that in the show notes as well. The um, uh, more and more people are struggling finding good quality, experienced, you know, level one, level two techs. And uh, number one, there's uh, there's some good sources just to you know, Indeed.com, LinkedIn.com. Um, ZipRecruiter.com is maybe my my third favorite, but those would be three good sources that you could get quality resumes from, and and then you should have some type of process and to weed out the men from the boys, so to speak. You know, the good candidates from just the looky loos that really are just floating their resume out there. To separate those folks, I would actually have a process documented in your written job ad. So first of all, the job ad itself needs to be sexy. You know, it's like, hey, fast growing dynamic MSP in the Midwest seeking, you know, superstars for their, you know, for their team. And it has to be attractive. So create an ad that's attractive. If any of you want an example of one, I've written hundreds of them. I'm happy to send an example. Just email me at james at kernanconsulting.com. Let's reach out, james at kernanconsulting.com. Happy to send you an example. 
Uh, but first and foremost, make the ad attractive. Secondly, after you list what your requirements are and what you're looking for, create a process. And it could be something like, hey, after you submit your resume and cover letter, uh, I want you to pick up the phone, call this toll-free number, dial extension 99, and say, hey, I'm James Kernan. I just applied for the level two technician position, and I'm very interested. Just call and leave a voicemail so I can match the voicemail again with your application. And what's shocking to me is the majority of the applicants won't follow instructions. Okay. I know it's it's interesting, but would you want to hire someone that can't follow instructions? I know I wouldn't. <laughs> so the reality is uh, I like having a simple process, you know, hey, include a cover letter with your last three companies, salary history, uh, and also call this toll-free number, dial extension 99, leave a voicemail of, of why you want this position, why you're interested, and uh, and we'll review you then. If you can't follow the process, then your application will be withdrawn automatically. Okay. So again, you know, instead of getting a hundred resumes, you'll end up getting 25 good ones because people are following instructions. So I hope that helps. But uh, that article was interesting. It had some other good ideas, you know, job fairs, referrals, you know, referrals, I think would probably be the best one that I liked when I looked at that above and beyond what I just shared with you, some of the online sites. But always ask your customers, always ask your distributors and your manufacturer partners, hey, we're growing and I'm always looking for great technicians. If you know anybody that's interested in making a change in their career, send their resume to me. I sure would uh, appreciate that. And uh, I wrapped that little sentence into almost every conversation at the end of the conversation with most every client, with uh, our strategic partners, our distributors, even if I'm calling for pricing, you know, TD Cynix, and I'm calling my sales rep for pricing, it's interesting how many people in our industry, all these other people know. And there's always people looking, okay? So referrals to me were one of the top uh, ways that I found very high quality people that fit my company's profile. And if they submitted a resume, and they were interested, um, you know, those referrals, normally our hit rate was a lot higher on that. So anyway, that was uh, something in that msptechnews.com article. So um, that is it for today. I just wanted to go through a couple of those uh, questions and answer those for you. I'll catch up with you all next time on the SMB Community Podcast. Thank you.